Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert. And in Follow Your Life, we have co-hosts who bring on a series of guests. And Ronan Lennon is an amazing person focused on masterminds, has software that makes that happen. And we actually had an opportunity where Ronan brought in Thomas White, somebody I've known for a number of years. And this particular episode is focused on masterminding and why do you need a mastermind? What's important to you? More importantly, if you have a business today where you need to create a mastermind, uh, you may want to listen to this episode because there's a great way to extend who you are and how you bring yourself to the world. Anyhow, if you really enjoy the episode, please like it, share it, and subscribe to our channel. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and I'm excited for this episode of Thought Leader Life. It's been, I've been with my co-host, uh, Ronan Leonard, and you know, it's been a little while because of breaks and other things that we've had a conversation about masterminding. And Ronan, thanks again for, for joining me and, and lining up some pretty cool people to talk to. Oh, Mitchell, thanks for having me. Our special guest today, Thomas, is going to give us some really deep insights into to mastery and mastermind. So I'm really looking forward to this as well. well you're, you're, you're actually setting expectations for Thomas White that he actually has really deep insights, which, by the way, he does. But what do you think, Thomas? Are you going to give us uh, – let's start – what what's a mastermind? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Huh? What are we talking about again? So, by the way, that is the right good first question, Thomas. What is a mastermind? Why do people focus on that? Why is that important in the business world today? Well, you know, there's a, a where did they come from? You know, a guy named Napoleon Hill, and you know, there was a period of time in the history of the world from about 1880 to about 1950 when all kinds of interesting people were looking at ways to shift consciousness, how we did things. And one of them was Napoleon Hill. And he was really interested in lots of different things and think and grow rich. And I wrote a lot of books and they're really successful and so forth. But the thing that one of his, uh, uh, one of his ideas, and he had some really powerful people like Henry Ford and other people involved in this was we're, we're better together than apart. And if we bring together and collaborate and create a bigger world will all benefit from it. So that's really in simple form. What Mastermind's about is, is that having people come together to su support each other in shared concerns. Um, and so it's really a lovely thing to do. So we learn something and we get into action. And we're, we also support each other in being accountable for what we say we're going to do. So, you know, it's like when you go to the gym and you say, I'm going to do things, and you don't have somebody who's like your gym partner or your coach or something, there are some days you wake up and say, hey, you know, I'm a little tired. I haven't had my coffee. I'm just not going to go today. It's okay. I'll make it up tomorrow. And, of course, then tomorrow becomes the next day. And we're, before we know, it's been a month since I've been to the gym, but I drive by every day. Whereas with the mastermind, they're all waiting for me. And I don't want to let my friends down because they're not, you know, they're not letting me down. So that really creates an environment that, that's really almost magical, the kinds of things that can happen 
that people don't believe are possible. That's fascinating. So you're, you're kind of talking about in this element, the particular area you focus on was accountability. So part of the mastermind is having an accountability sponsor support you. Everyone's a little different, but at the end of the day, you always speak to how you're doing against what you promised. So you have witnesses. They're the whole group of one person, and they're like, you can't hide. You know, when you're talking to yourself, you can always hide because we're the great, you know, we can rationalize anything as humans. But we don't do that with other people because they're like, uh-uh, no, BS, sorry, I don't get it. Or that's not what you said, more the point. And you say, yeah, you're right. All right, I'm going to do something about it because you don't want to have that conversation with them again, right? So, and I would say, Mitchell, that's part of it. But the other thing that happens with masterminds is we also shift beliefs because we bump into things we don't think are possible. Other people in the room say, you know, I, I believe it's possible. Here's why. So I expand my world of possibilities because we all don't have the same set of beliefs. And that, kind of t- and that kind of ties into your, your mastery one. It's, it's even improving as the, the mastermind facilitator, you're, again, also bumping into your beliefs. You're improving what you know because you're getting that rounded opinion, feedback, advice, and seeing what works and what doesn't. Well, yes, of course. I mean, the person who has the best, best viewpoint is the person who's facilitated. Why? <laughs> because they, they get to see everything and – it's, it's kind of interesting because they're not on the firing line, so to speak, about delivery. So they put their full attention on what they can learn. And you think about mastery. I was just writing about that this morning. Mastery is about continuous learning. You know, there's not a destination. Hey, I've got, like, I've got my black belt. Okay, good. But the world just changed. And the world changes again. And the world changes again. And the world changes again. And if you don't think that you need to continue to learn and be curious about the world, and find new ways to do things, you're no longer going to be relevant. And your business is not going to be relevant anymore. And what happens is you're now out of business, or at least you're marginalized. And why would you want to do that? It's because you're lazy. Right, Frank? It's just, it, and I don't mean the bad thing. You, just, you, you forget that this curiosity, this, this passion for learning is the key to success. And, and it, it, so it creates the involvement of who you are and what your business is. And that's the true definite mastery because most people follow the 10,000 hours that I think it was Malcolm Gladwell says so give up to 10,000 hours. Some people, it's far shorter than that. For some people, as you said, it's, it's never mastered. You are always going to evolve and continue to learn. Well, look, look. So Michael Jordan is probably, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player ever lived. And he was always the first player on the court to practice and always the last player to leave. And he's, he was the greatest player. So you can say he had natural ability. Yes, he did. But he also also the first player on the court, the last player to leave. Because mastery requires continuous practice. If you don't practice, you, you could be great, but you won't be the greatest. You won't be able to achieve the full potential that you have. All right, so that's mastery. And, and I'm still kind of interested. So how does a mastermind help facilitate mastery? Well, it's a good question. So, uh, the words are the same, right? So, you know, the lot of letters <laughs> are overlapping. You know. Well, think about it, Mitchell. So, when you're in a mastermind, what are you doing? You're exposing your world to multiple viewpoints, right? And we, and then, and you're committed as part of the mastermind process to at least examine those multiple viewpoints. 
right? So that provides you the ability to see the world differently than you can see it yourself. And this is one of the aspects of mastery. You, you're continuing to grow and learn. And learning happens when I realize that I don't know everything. I know what I know. I know what I don't know. And, 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 and it's in the, the I don't know it part of the world. Again, when the world changes, what I know is now just gotten smaller. And what I don't know has just gotten larger. Mm. So, so it's, just, it's, it's evolving things. So that's why often people who are, as they age, aren't as sharp because they've lost this curiosity, but not all people. There is, we know older people like me who are like, I'm just plain damn curious. How does that work? And it's not that I need to know the details down to how do you program that, but I need to understand the phenomena of how it works. And because I have the phenomena, I now see how it connects to other things and how they work. And it allows me to ask questions I could never ask before so I can understand whether this makes sense or not. It's, yeah, you talk you talk about the age thing. There's that terrible joke that as you get older, your your waist expands and your mind contracts, and you've got to kind of find fight both of those two things, right? Well, you know, so as and often that's the case because of what I would call indoctrinated beliefs. We're told as you get older, you become less relevant, you become less valuable. That's just a story. It's not true. But if you buy the story, that's the way your life's going to be. So you know this thing called retirement. To me, that's like a foreign concept. I have no idea what that means. It's like, I don't know. And because it seems like retirement means you stop living. You go out and play. All right. Great. Yeah. I like to play too, but I like to live and I like to contribute and I like to learn and expand and, and, and have the excitement of that in my life. And so I can't imagine it stopping until I turn the switch off and I'm gone. It's interesting, Thomas. I, I, I just posted um, you know, they say curiosity kills a cat, but you're saying curiosity keeps you alive. It is. Well, think, think about older people you know that, that are alive and feel more alive. They're very curious people. They ask questions. They're, 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 they're just like they're reading books that aren't like novels that tranquilize the mind, but they're reading like things. They read science fiction. They read uh, popular science magazines and, and, and whatever, scientific American, whatever. But they're curious about how this stuff, the world works. And that that curiosity keeps the mind happy. Very few people who have that level of curiosity who have Alzheimer's. There we go. You heard it here, people. Medical breakthrough. <laughs> here it is right now. <laughs> Keep your curiosity up. Doesn't mean it will go away, but it means that it will lessen the impact because your mind is still being active. It's still focusing on, oh, I don't know that. That part of our brain, which I don't know what that is, but I know it's there is a part that helps expand. And, you know, we use such a small percentage of our brain anyway, like less than 10% or something like that. Well, goodness, let me keep, let me, let me know. I don't want that to become 1%. <laughs> and that's what happens with people's age. And it's not, they're bad people or they're stupid or anything. It's just that we've been told this is the way it works. And we can change that by simply changing that. Right. We just change it. There. So, hmm. Sorry, Ronan, I, I had a focus for Thomas now that he's talking. He got me too intrigued. So line up your next question. So I is it the role of the facilitator, the mastermind, to help drive curiosity? Or is it the if you're gonna sign up for a mastermind, you have to come in curious? Or what where does how does that fit? That's a good question. So any good facilitator 
can promote curiosity by the way they ask questions rather than giving answers. What do you, what do you think about that, Mitchell? How do you think that works? So the, the way I ask questions as a facilitator sets the tone for the way the inquiry happens. So I make it an inquiry rather than just disseminating a bunch of answers because it, it requires me now to engage the content or the other interactions with other people. It requires me to think about it. It requires me to provide something that originates from me, not just simply a recitation of what you said. All those things keep me alive and active in the world. So now do people need to be curious? Yes, they do. If they said, I got a knock, I understand everything, they are bad candidates for masterminds because they won't be useful to anybody but themselves. They're not there to serve anybody but themselves because they already got it figured out. They already got everything they need. People that show up, so think about the original mastermind of Napoleon Hill. These people were curious. They were engaged in the world. They were growing as huge empires, but they weren't just like, they had big dreams, all of them, right? Huge dreams, and they cont those dreams continued to grow. They didn't just like plateau. Man, they kept growing until they died. So, Thomas, my question to you while Mitchell is pondering all that is, who is a good fit for, for starting their own mastermind, and why should they do that? Well, you know, anyone who has, first of all, an area of competence or skills that are valuable to the group, for instance, take a range of things. If I'm an accountant, now accountants just aren't good for keeping your books. They help you think about the physical life of your company, not just today, but, but in the future. And they help you have the tools so that you can understand what's going on. And, and they understand how taxes work and all this stuff that impacts your your fiscal life so there are people that will, will stimulate you because oftentimes business leaders look at those things a if there's a problem i don't have enough money in the bank so i have enough money in the bank and I, I, I sort of put my mind on other things but they engage people so they bring that's one one example let's say somebody else is an expert in customer service you know that expert that is their life customer service they will have a level of competence a level of mastery that i will not have I will all, they will always ask questions and provide points of view that are beyond anything I can have, and I will always learn. So anybody that can stimulate learning and growth that's a, 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 of something that's of key value to our case, we're looking at businesses, but really anybody, but let's just take business leaders. That's a person who can offer a mastermind. You don't need 100 people in your mastermind. You know, 6, 8, 10, you have a great group. Those people become really close to each other. You know, one of the reasons masterminds work is there is a human condition called the need to belong. And masterminds fit right into that because we grow a certain level of deep intimacy. And I don't mean that in a sexual way. I mean the way of knowing each other and, and, and being and trust. So that level of trust is extreme when you really run a mastermind for a while. So one of the properties somebody's going to run a mastermind needs to bring is that they are extremely trustworthy. That if they hear something in that mastermind meeting, they're not going to put out, they're not going to tweet out, you can't believe what Harry said. <laughs> so how, long, how long will that mastermind last? It's over. Done. But, but if you can maintain that confidence, again, look at Napoleon Hill as the example. He set it, set it up so that everything was confidential. That's one of his tenets. Keep it, whatever. It's like what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in the mastermind stays in the mastermind. And that's critical for people to be able to open up things that are really troubling them and to be able to learn at a level that they can't normally do it. And that safe space. Yeah. Exactly right. And how do people say you're an expert customer service or you're an accountant? How do you wrap that up into some kind of business model then? Because at the end of the day, 
for, for most of us, we're looking to grow our business, we're looking to have that bigger impact, and it, it kind of needs to be a business model. Well, think of, so what do you, so let's, let's, take, let's take my two examples. I have customer service expert, I'll start with that, right? So how are they making their money? So that's really, the, so I, have to, I just have to make some suppositions here. But let's say they're making their money as a, either training or they're doing it for consulting. That's generally the two ways these people will make their money. Yeah. All right, so in the case of, of, of consulting, it's an, it's an expanded consulting offer they can make. They're, they're basically, they have, rather than have a one-to-one, they have a one-to-many approach. They're taking his expertise and they're getting it out. It's very likely that somebody in that group or many people in that group will then want them to do deeper work in their organization because they're not going to be able to take the learning, particularly about customer service, and translate that into programs inside their organization because they don't have the depth that that person has. So that's so then it turns into training. <laughs> that's the other part of the model, right? So if, if now, let's just take, I'm an accountant. Accountings are what I call the professional service world. They have a little different take on it, but still valuable. So how does one accountant distinguish themselves for the next one? Well, it's kind of hard because accounting is accounting and tax law is tax law and all those things. But if I bring extra value to my clients to help them have more successful businesses, I start to build a differentiation. And that differentiation increases loyalty and it raises what's called barriers to entry for people so that somebody else, they maybe can do a mastermind, but I already got some legs on it. And once that trust is built in that group, people are not very likely to leave it. Right? Cause I don't, know, I don't know about this other group. This one's working great for me. So, so I built in uh, a, a competitive advantage by running the mastermind, whether I charge for it or not. I mean, it depends on what the person wants to do. Sometimes people just do it as an added value to their, to their business portfolio. Some people make a charge for it. Either way, it's going to provide a greater extension for their business and, and it's going to basically give them a stronger foundation to grow from. And from a, from a credibility ex- perspective, just being the person a credibility expert. Yeah. Just being a uh, mastermind facilitator, you're, you're automatically assumed that you are a expert at whatever you have created, right? Whether or not it's a free or you charge for, right? You're looked at as the expert. So that's it's, an interesting, it's, 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 I put, I like, and from, from my point of view, anyway, Mitchell, the person who is a mastermind facilitator is a lot like an author. If you wrote a book about something, people assume you have expertise, whether you do or not. And not saying it's a good or bad thing. It's the way our conventional wisdom works. The same conventional wisdom works with somebody who's running a mastermind. Your mastermind's about customer service. And you have people that show up and appreciate it. They can say, oh, damn, he must be an expert or she must be an expert in customer service. So it's the same kind of conventional wisdom that works either way. Right. But on top of that, you are actually learning anyway because you're learning from the group. You're delivering your your content, and and you know whether it works or not. So you you do get that validation from from the mastermind. Well, well, yes, and you also are growing your content. So so what you're saying is learning, yes. But so I start with a base of content, but from those conversations, that content's going to grow and evolve. So not only does it give me something of increased value for the mastermind, it also gives me increased value in the marketplace because now I've got more to sell, more to talk about. I got another book to write, whatever it is that it's my, I got another speech to give, whatever my way of making income is. So a lot of times people think or say uh, they're trading time for dollars, right? There's as an independent consultant, there's only so much time in a day. They can already charge so much and they go, okay, hey, I need to do a group program so I can actually do a one to many. Right. So 
when, when does that fit from a business model perspective? When does that fit in? And, and try to tie in some of the elements you, you just previously spoke about. Well, here's the thing. So let, let's just talk about it. So really the an, way to answer that question is, again, make some assumptions. So let's assume what the value you're going to be charging people for the mastermind. Let's, I have to start there, right? Let's assume we're charging a couple hundred bucks a month. Let's be it's the low end of the price, but let's just call it, assume that. And let's assume you have five folks. I got $1,000 a month, 12 grand a year. All right. So now you just work off that. So what does it cost me to, to what does it cost me to deliver that? So I have to learn so work. But pretty fast, I'll just go to 10. Pretty fast, you're going to make some decent money just off the mastermind. And remember, the mastermind was the add-on. Now it becomes a centerpiece. So the economics are extraordinary. And as you know, you, you, you move to a digital printing model, although you do hard copy, for a very good reason, because the cost of goods is so much lower. Right, you can get a lot more leverage of your message. Well, masterminds are like that because you can do them both virtually, which is like we're doing now. Or you can also do them physically, or you can do them both. So I now have options for delivering value that are beyond my single body sitting in a single chair in front of my client. I can take my single body and sit sitting in my chair and talk to the world, or I can talk to a room of people. So I have I have options that didn't exist before I chose to be a facilitator. And facilitator isn't quite the word I would use. I, I put I call them a leader. Why? Because the qualities that they need to lead a mastermind group are different than a facilitator. A facilitator is like sort of greasing the wheels. This person needs to be mindful of what's going on. They need to be strong sometimes if people push back hard. They just can't sit there and, and grease the wheels. They gotta they gotta be an engaged person to really help hold this mastermind, particularly ones that are powerful. You have powerful people in. So I decide I personally would call it a leader of a mastermind group rather than a facilitator. Yeah, good definition. So do you think sort of most consultants should be considering a mastermind? I mean, it, it seems like, and I'm obviously slightly biased, it seems like, you know, most people should be and, and, and could consider running their own mastermind. I don't think so. No, that's not the answer you expected. But no, it's I fine. Do, I don't think it's so for everybody. I'll tell you why. Everyone's personality isn't, isn't, isn't attuned to this role. You know, you have to be extraordinarily a good listener. You have to hear what's going on beyond the words. You have to not be reactive to the words, but, but simply engage the conversation. That's a skill not everyone has. You have to be curious about learning. Everyone doesn't have that. So there's a small set of skills that require for every leader of a mastermind that you have to have. If you have those and you're a consultant, bingo. If you don't, don't do it because it'll produce disappointment by the people that show up and it'll waste your time. And in some cases, I, I heard this great quote when I was on a podcast is that sometimes you're delivering what you already know your expertise. So you've got to be prepared to open up the kimono and almost sort of teach what you already know. And for some people in, living in a scarcity mo mode, they just think, well, no, I, d I don't want to give away my secret sauce. I don't want to share what I know with everybody else. And quite frankly, that mindset is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> bullshit because first of all, Whatever I say, that person is going to listen to it and interpret it. They're going to interpret it from the mindset they're in, which is always going to be less knowledgeable than mine. So they're never going to walk away with my expertise ever. For everyone who thinks that, there's a small-mindedness that's just going to have them keep small, in my opinion. Of course, but I, and I own that. But it, it's just ridiculous. The more you give away, the more you get. We all, we all know that works. And anybody wants to try a different model, that's fine. But scarcity isn't the way to grow your life. Or your, or your business, or anything else for that matter. It was true 20 years ago, but not true today. 
uh, I, I don't even know if it's 20, 20 years ago, but it doesn't matter. It's not even right now. So and that's the part that matters. We'll take that one offline, but I'll, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you and tell you. Um, I'm open to learn from you. <laughs> well said. Well said, Thomas White. <laughs> so I was just, I'm still sort of, this word mastery is still going through my head. And I, and I'm just trying to put my arms around if somebody's considering doing a master, a mastermind, when do they feel like what, what point to, so you, two great points, got to be curious about life. You got to be a good listener. I like those two. What else should be going through their heads in terms of things they should be thinking about before making a decision to go? To go, go as a participant or go as a leader? Uh, go as a leader. Mm-hmm. Well, is your commitment to mastery there? So let's just start there. Because if you're going to simply say, you know, I got it. I, I'm not going to learn anything. I'm just, I'm just going to sort of tweak it. I'm going to fine tune it. Then the, your, your, it's beyond curiosity. It's like, you think you got it? Not awesome. That's, that's not, I'm not criticizing that. I just wouldn't do a mastermind from that point of view. Right? It's a matter of, there's so much we don't know. It's so much greater than anything we could ever know. So to think I've got it, there's nobody who is in the world of mastery ever believes that. Mm. Right? Because they know it's just impossible. And first of all, as I said, there isn't a fixed point. It's, it's, a, it's, it's always changing and evolving. And if you don't believe that, then, that's, then don't go there. Uh, you know, it's not, and don't think about it like, oh, I'm going to do this just for the money because you'll be disappointed. You got to do it because it resonates as something really valuable for you to do for yourself. It's something that you want to do as an offer to, the, to other people so if they get great value out of it, then the money will be great. But if you, do, if you do it from this place of serving yourself and others, you're, you're great. Again, go back to this origins of mastermind. This is where Napoleon Hill started from. He was a guy about service. You read his stuff, man. He's totally about service. And, and, and he created, he engendered this area of mutual, mutual service in all the participants in his mastermind. That's insane. So if you're there and your values are scarcity or your values are limitations and so forth, guess what your mastermind is going to look like? <laughs> Right? Yes, they will reflect back. That that not on your life. No, of course not. Now, I'm, I realize that I'm not everybody's cup of tea and neither are the rest of us. And so that's fine. So, and I would say, Mitchell, that you feel that what you're going to do is going to be valuable to you for a long time. So I see, I can see how it connects the dots in my world. It rounds out what I'm doing and so forth, right? Yeah, it's an asset you're building. So it's not something that you think you can just throw together and, and A, make money, as you said. It's, it's, a, it's a long-term asset. Like any kind of business, you're building something that is kind of legacy or right. impact. It's more than, it's more than just you. Right. So I'm, a, I'm a product person in many ways, and it's a product. And, and it's got all the qualities and characteristics of a product. So you need to design it, you need to develop it, you need to test it, you need to continue to evolve it. That's the product world. Yeah, and I see I see a lot of sort of perfect public personas who they'll do the mastermind. They may actually record the mastermind or pieces of it and then sell the recorded pieces or include those, you know, with others. It gets it's it's interesting because I go back and forth sometimes with masterminds I consider them private for just the group that's involved, but I've seen people sell their masterminds as well. Could do that. I, you know, I, for one, I have, I don't know what the value of that is, except it's like reading a book. I mean, there's, there's value in reading a book, 
But the purpose of the mastermind is the engagement. If I'm seeing a video, I'm not engaged. I'm simply sitting here in my own mind, my own point of view, and nothing's going to change that because I'm not talking to anybody else. I think the value for that, quite frankly, is so small compared to what a mastermind can provide. Mm, love That's that. the context instead of content, right? Yes, exactly. Oh, absolutely love that. Hey, Thomas, is there is there a question we should have asked you that that we didn't? Or do you want to sort of summarize your thought process on who should get involved and why and how and when and whatever's whatever's what didn't we what didn't we ask? Well, we you know, we, we touched on this thing called authority. And since you're the credibility guy, I'm going to tie all this together. But, well, it's important because um, the way the way we create credibility or authority is different than it used to be. And its purpose, though, is simple. It's, a, it's to create greater trust. So I, I, we didn't talk about trust in this conversation, except a little bit. So I'm, I want to end with trust because masterminds are the, these incredible tools for not only building trust within the group, building trust between the leader of the group and the group itself, but building trust in the world. Because I'm now experiencing trust at a different level than I ever have. And that is going to create a different kind of relationship I have with my colleagues and, and my customers and everyone else. I now have an experience I never had before. And from this experience, I can see what's possible and I can see the value to that. So we think about changing the world to a more trusting place. And, and there's a big challenge today with trust, the trust numbers are just abysmal. They're terrible. They're worse than the United States, but they're terrible in all the third in all of the developed countries. People don't trust their institutions. They don't trust their leaders. Right? It's it's a challenge. Well, how about we reverse that challenge? And masterminds can be a, a one of the elements in that reversal by showing people the value of trust and give them the tools and the practices for doing a better job with it. Well said. How, how would, if people liked what they heard, they wanted to reach out to you, how do people reach out to you, Thomas? They can go to peacesimple.net. Profoundly simple. Peace. <laughs> That's right. I always see that. And I'm like, but, but to hear you say that doesn't sound like, go to peace. I guess say it's simple to pee. I suppose that's true. But yeah, when we're typing out profoundly simple, it was kind of an oxymoron. So <laughs> oh, profoundly simple was definitely not that. So I thought, what can I do with that? Well, I just take, take everything off but the P. So I couldn't get simple or I, or I had simple. But, so we got P simple, P simple.net. You know, I never asked you about that. That's really cool. Now you, know, right. now you know the rest of the story. That is a good story. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Ronan, what did you think? What did, how was, how was Thomas? How was this episode for you? Uh, I I love the way Thomas just his enthusiasm radiates in in everything he says and does. So I knew he'd be a good guest for for this. Uh, but also he's a very deep thinker, and that's partly what masterminds about the people that are able to to think beyond their own limitations and understand that there is there's more out there. There's ways to grow. There's things you don't know. And Thomas very succinctly kind of wrapped all that up. And the final bit about trust was. Was, was phenomenal. We, we do lack a lot of trust in a lot of people these days because I think we've been told a lot of nonsense. Uh, so getting in some kind of small group where you, you build that trust, it's not just a, a post on Facebook or somebody you've connected with on LinkedIn and don't really know. You really go deep with these people and, and that, that is a really powerful tool that will serve you 
for for the rest of your life those business acquaintances that we we really want to nurture those people hmm and how do people get a and of course you have a tool and a platform to help facilitate masterminds um how do people get a hold of you ronan they can go to my website eaccountability.io i'm also on linkedin ronan leonard and twitter eaccountability so it's accountability which thomas talked about with an e instead so not not that profoundly simple but a play on words <laughs> not bad though <laughs> no not bad no actually not bad at all and, and it was interesting thomas i i uh, given the types of conversations that you and I have had, and Ronan and I have had. I was curious to see what what the what the session was and where it would meander to, and uh, so it was very fascinating. I I hope you all enjoyed it. I I feel that it's a good session for anyone who's now thinking about essentially creating their own mastermind and why. And I think that that this particular session helped help that one along in terms of some of the things that you'll get out of it. And so I appreciate you sharing some thoughts on light and of course, having such a beautiful green screen background of your books. <laughs> and uh, Hey, thanks. This is actually episode 157 of thought of your life. Thanks so much for joining us. If you want to reach out to me, uh, just go to my name, Mitchell Levy 360. So Mitchell Levy 360.com. And then you can connect to me on a social media platform that makes sense for you. I appreciate you joining us for this episode. Look forward to seeing you on social and sharing your content. See you in the next episode of Thought of Your Life. Take care, everybody. Bye now. This is Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thought of Your Life, where I'm joined by one of our thought leadership co-hosts to create compelling thought leadership that will propel their status in their industry. To learn more about Thought of Your Life, go to thoughtleaderlife.com. And to learn more about creating and sharing your aha moments, go to ahathat.com slash author, where you can also find a link to book a strategy call. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>